It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this year, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, uh, I've got a question for you but to start off this podcast. Um, are you feeling better or worse about the Cowboys after a couple days since the game and now you got to sit down and watch the All-22? How, how are you feeling about that now? I think, you know, I think we have as good and as clear a picture of what this team is going to be and what their path to victory is. So I think mm-hmm. I feel better because I feel like I have properly calibrated expectations now. Sure, uh, sure. But I, but I don't feel great about what that means for the immediate chances for this team winning football games, uh, <laughs> or, or at, least early, at least early on and maybe until a little bit later in the season. I I have kind of mixed feelings about this, right? Because you go back and you're watching the game. We're going to go over all of our All-22 notes in just a second. You can see like 97% of this game, the Cowboys and Seattle are identical teams, right? They, they go blow for blow. It's just that 3% of the time where the Cowboys make mistakes and they do dumb things and communication, you know, and, and that's the difference between winning and losing games in the NFL. Um, and then, you know, if you have a bigger picture and you watch some of the games from over the weekend and not just the Cowboys, you realize that, you know, this is just a weird season. Even Baltimore, like last night watching the Monday yeah. Night Football game, they couldn't throw the ball at all. And that's not, you know, something that's, that they're used to. They just look like a tired team that's, you know, still getting into the rhythm of the season. So it's nothing to, to get too worried about, but there are some things that the Cowboys have to correct um, if they want to be a legit Super Bowl contender uh, this season. So let's go ahead and get to some of our um, All-22 notes. And I think we should start off with this one, Landon, because a lot of people want to know about uh, the Cowboys center, Tyler Biotish. Um, when you're watching the broadcast, it can be a little bit difficult to judge offensive linemen. Um, but let's let's go ahead and talk about Biotish. How did you think he played in this contest? I thought he played great. I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I want to put context here whenever i'm talking about these offensive linemen i'm talking about how they're playing in context to who they are and you know the position they've been put in i'm not saying necessarily that tyler biotish was a top five center i'm not saying when when i when i say brandon knight had a good game last week i'm not saying he's uh uh you know a 
the the best backup tackle in football. I'm I'm saying it relative to you know where they are in their careers and and what you should expect. Yeah, the expectations, right? Of course. So I think that Biotish came in, uh, and first off, having this be the one of the very first few times to actually see Tyler Biotish in his uh, uniform and his uh, jersey. I, I have been commenting, and I think to you several times, that when you saw pictures of him, he's a big know, guy. He, signed, he, he looked small. Yeah. I, I thought he looked like undersized, uh-huh. but when he's out there, he's definitely uh, looks the part. Like the, sure. he's, he's, he's got thick arms. Uh, he's, he's got long arms. He's got a good, you know, kind of, he has some, some weight to him in the middle, which is, you know, but it, it doesn't give him problems when he's moving. He moves around pretty well. Um, I, I thought that, you know, there was definitely some, uh, you know, there were some moments that he had that it looked like, uh, he, uh, may, may have made a couple mistakes, which obviously is not going to be surprising. Right. But I, I honestly think that, you know, after seeing him out there for a few snaps and then when they realized that Terrence Steele wasn't going to be able to come back into the game, I think they immediately felt confident in trying to figure out a way to get, you know, Biotish to be the the sub in there and then kick everybody out a spot, you know, because they they liked what he had done early part in the game. I think mm-hmm. if you go and watch the second half when he came back into the game, he continued to play well. Uh, like I said, there were a couple times when I felt like he uh, was looking for help or looking for work rather, and uh, I think he got a little bit out of position. You know, and I think that there was specifically that issue where uh, Connor Williams was was isolated with Jerron Reed, I think, and Biotish was overly concerned with what was going on with Joe Looney, which, I mean, Joe Looney's a whole I other mean, conversation. I mean, hey, as I was say, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I, so I think that, I think that, you know, and, and so he, he ended up kind of overlooking over on Looney's side and then missed out that Williams needed assistance, you know, uh, on his left. So I, I think there was some of that for sure, but I also think that it was good enough that they should they should start him from here on out. You I know, I, yeah. I think the tie goes to the runner in, in that situation, right? It's it's the old scouting term, like you got two guys who run to, run to first, one who does it in perfect form and one who does it uh, uh, with terrible form, and they do it at the exact same timing yeah. which one do you go you go with the guy with perfect with terrible form because you could fix that form and then maybe get a little bit more Correct. out of him i think it's time to start the the, the clock on the uh biotish uh uh chemistry creation between him connor williams and then you know i like I, i've mentioned to you last night if it's my choice and tyron mm. smith is coming back next week I would go with a Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin at right guard, and then Brandon Knight at right at left, uh, right tackle line, simply because I think you can start getting that chemistry going between the three those three interior guys. I think that it, it would help uh, uh, both Biotish and Knight to have uh, uh, Martin back in his guard spot. Um, I just think that th- those are your best five eligible offensive linemen right now. And, and the thing with that is to, you know, let's say eventually you get Lyle Collins back, which that's a whole different discussion. You're only moving one guy in and one guy out, right? You're not having to move Zach Martin back to left guard and moving, you know, 
uh, or sorry, back to right guard, and then you know Collins back to right tackle. It's just you know an easy fix right there. But um, I, I do agree with you. I thought Biotish was solid. I, I think you know he probably didn't get a lot of reps in practice this week at, at center. Mm. Um, so for him to come in and not be awful is pretty good. Um, the other thing I think we do need to talk about is Joe Looney because. I, even before he got injured in this game, I didn't think he played particularly well. Uh, there was, I mean, he, the, the lack of athleticism, I think, is a little concerning. You know, he, when he gets to the second level, he just can't make enough contact with linebackers. Um, he's not a guard, unfortunately. No. Um, I mean, jeez, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking I mean, at the, that the, point. The but. size difference between him and, and Biotish was shocking. Yeah. Was really I, shocking, right? Like, it was like, he, the problem is, is that I think Looney lost some weight to become more agile. You know, I think, was it? I, I think so, because he knew two years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think he's lost power since then, you know? And, 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 I, and now he's kind of a neither nor player, right? Where he's not quite athletic enough to be useful on the second level, but he's also not strong enough to move people at the line. So he just needs to be a backup. Like he, he needs yeah. to be your, you know, guy that you, the seventh or eighth offensive lineman active every week. If you, you can get him, you know, you, if you need him on the field to get through a game, he can do that. But I agree. I think it's time to start Tyler Biotish long-term real quick. I want to talk about Connor Williams too, if we can, because sure, we got I, I, do, I, I do think that there has been a lot of, Placed on Connor Williams, who who didn't play didn't play a great game. I'm not you know I'm not suggesting that he played outstanding, but I also think that Connor Williams has been underserved by Joe Looney when he's been playing center. You know, yeah. and and I think that that just been, doesn't trust him as a well. As and, a and, the, and the other part of the problem here is that you know look Connor Williams at times has been the only remaining starting offensive lineman playing at the position that he was originally allotted to. So I I think that there's, there's, there's several different times when, and again, I think Brandon Knight played great for the expectation, but there were times when Connor Williams was trying to take his own assignment and then also deal with what Looney and Brandon Knight were, were doing. I saw one snap where he was, you know, stepping back into pass rush, and he had his hand on a guy that was Looney was on, and a guy that that Brandon Knight was on, and he was looked like he was you know trying to reach across as far as he could, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was just kind of indicative of you know how much he's under assault uh, with the guys on either side of him, and then on top of that, you know, having to face a guy like again underrated but a, a, still a supremely talented athlete in Jerron Reed. So I, I do think that Connor Williams didn't have his best game for sure. But I also think that his demise is greatly exaggerated by the fact that, you know, he's doing all that he can. He's a young player who isn't good. He's not Zach Martin. He no, isn't no, no. good enough to make up for the guys that are around him and make them better too. He, he He's better when he can just handle his own assignment and just worry about that. Yeah, remember last year he was playing, you know, between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick, <laughs> yeah. and this year it's between Brandon Knight and Joe Looney, and That's then you know quite a fourth a round, yeah, and then a fourth round pick in uh, Tyler Biotish. So quite the downgrade, um, especially considering you know he's coming off a torn ACL late, late in the uh, 2019 season. No preseason to get him up to speed. Uh, not surprising that he is struggling a little bit. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe... You moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Okay, Landon, I want to talk about some of the coverage mishaps in the safety play in this game because there were quite a few big plays by Seattle in this one. Uh, I posted a couple of videos last night asking people for um, some help on who blew a coverage. Um, what was your take on why there were so many blown coverages and what should the Cowboys do with this safety tandem? Because it, it's not working right now. I think Cowboys fans need to prepare themselves for the answer I'm about to give. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I I don't know that the blown coverage situation is going to be fixed immediately. And, and it oh, may I don't be think anybody is expecting that. that. Yeah. It may be something that is a not not a long term meaning the whole season, but I would say it's still we're still games away from you know this kind of decreasing a little bit. And and I, and again, I think it has to do everything to do with the fact that look, I mean, how many different times in a regular season, in a, in a normal season, I mean, do we hear about? Teams that, that that change coaching staff on one side of the ball, and it takes them a while to kind of get used to the the new defense that they're learning, especially when it's going from a situation like the Cowboys where they're going from that kind of overly simplified, classic, you know, Tampa 2 variation with the cover one and cover three, right? It's, it's very simplified assignments. Everyone plays fast. Everyone knows their job. It's focus on technique, right? Mm-hmm. And they shift that to a you know, a more scheme based disguising what you're doing a little bit more complicated pre-snap so that you can be a little bit more disguised post-snap type of defense. When you make that switch in a normal season, there's often struggles. I mean, just because there's, it's a different, it's a completely different thing. You're asking to be, be do a whole bunch of different right, stuff. Right. You're asking to do a bunch of stuff before snap and you have to keep all that in your mind and you have to you know keep track of all that. These are all things that are normal. Now, 
we've taken away the preseason. We've taken away training camp, basically. So I think what we're seeing here is the results of them trying to play these kind of more advanced coverages, these, you know, a lot more cover four, a lot more split safety stuff. And, and again, it, I don't know that it's all completely brand new for these guys, but it certainly is different than what we saw last season. So I think that unfortunately it's, it's just one of those situations where the defense specifically got kind of screwed by this schedule. And I know that there are people out there that are still kind of advocating for, us to make you know inroads on on Earl Thomas or Not other happening. safeties. Nope. Uh, the issue is that you know Earl Thomas. I mean, let's just take all the off field and and you know behavior stuff out of the equation. A large portion of what was happening, what you know, the, the the reason that he got let go is because he he wouldn't and couldn't learn the new playbook. And, no, he, and, and he's he, very good at one type of scheme where he's the free safety and he can roam and do the things he wants to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily unless they're deciding that that's they're just leaning into that and that's what they're going to do. But it doesn't that, seem like that's the direction at all. It doesn't. Right? I, listen, so, here's the thing. I, I just want to jump yeah, in please, really, really please, quickly. Please, please. There was a lot of snaps in this game where the Cowboys were able to have the right coverage. And that's why they were able to sack Russell Wilson a couple yeah. times. There was some cover sacks in this game. And there was a couple plays where, you know, if the Cowboys just get one stop on a fourth down and five. They're, they have a chance to win this game, you know, outright in the regular thing. And when you have a, when you have that much lack of a talent on defense and that many injuries, you can't play a simple scheme against Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, or you'll get killed. Those guys will eat up easy, you know, easy coverages and stuff like that. So you have to diversify what you do on the back end. Um, they just made too many, you know, communication errors. If they can clean up even a few of those each week. The defense won't be – it's never going to be great, but it'll be passable. And I think that's ultimately what the Cowboys are hoping. By week 11, week 12, they're able to at least be on the same page and they're able to confuse better quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I agree. I think that there were times last – you know, on Sunday when the coverage was working, when when everybody played the, the, their, their parts and they actually got it all covered up and, and, and they forced – uh, uh, Russell to do you know get off his spot and either run or get out of the pocket or try to change the angles it, it was working at different points for sure the problem is is that you know and this is this is not a problem that is necessarily going to completely go away you know the, the issue with with blown coverages in a complicated defense is that it's a complicated defense and sometimes hmm. the the it things happen so fast that the defenders can't get used to it but that's gonna it will go down as they continuously rep this over and over and over again that will improve as the as teams as the team kind of goes through this but the problem with that is that it it is going to take more time it is going to take more reps and bringing in a, a safety even even not earl thomas is still you know, not really solving the problem of not having a safety who completely is mm -hmm. comfortable in the scheme. So if you want to, and, and again, I'm not saying don't bring in a safety. I, because, I, because I, I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily against that, especially because in my point, to my point, these safeties haven't figured out the defense yet either. No, <laughs> so no, like no. May maybe you start the clock on a new safety to try to figure out this defense. So, but 
I think that the, the idea that bringing in a safety is going to like solve all your woes overnight, I, that not. is just not the case. This, unfortunately, to me, just based on what I saw on tape, looks like a more you know slow solve because it, it requires these guys getting comfortable with the, the defense that they're playing on the fly. They also might luck out a little bit here in the next... I don't know, four out of the next five weeks because the quarterback play is not going to be as great as it was to start the season. Um, a Jared, Gaff, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, those are three pretty good quarterbacks. When they get time, they can carve up just about any secondary in the NFL. So, uh, you know, you get a stretch of Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Carson Wentz. All those guys are about the same, right, Landon? There you go. That's a little shot at <laughs> Eagle guys. Uh, um, and actually, well, technically, one of those guys has been way worse than the other three. So Which one? Well, we all know. <laughs> I mean, we, we know. Uh, so, yeah, they, they might get a little break here with um, – you know, some of the quarterback plays. So, yeah, you can have more mix-up, and some of those quarterbacks won't hit the plays down the field like Russell Wilson did. So, we'll see. This this next four-game stretch, um, you know, as they play some of these lesser teams will be a good indicator to see if they're improving at all. Um, I wanted to just really quickly, before we take another break, just talk about the Marcus Lawrence. Um, didn't mm-hmm. have a sack in this game. Um, I thought he was phenomenal. He actually, on one of the Alden Smith sacks, uh, he backed the left tackle all the way up into Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had to step up and went right into the arms of Alden Smith. Uh, he made two or three incredible plays in the run game, despite not being 100% healthy. I know a lot of people are upset with his contract because you don't pay an edge rusher $20 million a season to make plays in the run game and not get sacks. But I, listen, I, I just he's not a guy that I worry about. I just think once he gets healthier... Once he gets you know into the rhythm of things, he's going to be fine. What did you see from Tank? I saw that too, and you know, honestly, again, just to kind of go back to the correct take on players' salaries, I, I don't really care about players' salaries. You know, as far in relation to what they're paying, playing, they're being paid already. So I don't have any problem with with Demarcus Lawrence, his play in relation to his pay. I, I think he's playing fantastic. I think he's causing a lot of the disruption that is that that you know people like Robert Quinn last year feast upon and now Alden Smith feast upon Absolutely. So, it's not a coincidence that those other guys are super productive opposite of DeMarcus Lawrence. It's yes, not. it's not. So uh, and I, I mean it's it's and you can tell it's not because you can see it on the on tape too, you know, the the resources that are that are put towards DeMarcus Lawrence and what he's able to do with those. Now, the numbers may not be what what everyone wants. I totally understand that, but I I think DeMarcus Lawrence uh, has played, you know, well, especially considering he's dealing with the knee situation. He, he, you know, the the sack numbers may not be where they are, and I know that no one really cares about the run game anymore. But he is still one of the very best run defenders absolutely. in all of football. And, and you're so, going to need him. You're going to need him this week against the Browns, right? That's yeah, one of absolutely. the best rushing attacks in the league. You're going to need him to make two, three, four of those big plays to get you in second, eleven, third, and eight. You know, those are going to be incredibly valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm I'm not here to trash Demarcus Lawrence, and I really just don't even understand the the need to do that. Like he's he's played he's played very well. And yeah, we have a million other players that we could talk about not performing yeah. well. He he's not one. He's of them, not so. the guy. Just because he's getting paid a, a a lot more money than we are doesn't mean we need to complain about it. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, which I had right before I came on. It's, it's probably my favorite right now. Cookies and cream and apple almond crisp, which is currently my wife's favorite. Uh, make sure you guys go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off any order. Even if you're a returning customer, use that promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box, only while supplies last. I take it with me when I go golfing. I throw a couple built bars in there. It's perfect. Keeps them cold for all 18 holes. Again, that's promo code locked on to get $10 off your order. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Landon. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the offense because, I mean, they were good. They put up 31 points. It was very close to being, you know, 38. They, they missed two extra points. They had a failed two-point <laughs> conversion. Um but I, this is weird. I, I think they have a lot of room to still grow. There's a lot of mistakes that they make uh, that could potentially make this offense a legit 40-burger offense. They had an interception down, you know, right before halftime. They had a forced fumble right after time, uh, halftime. They had, you know, a number of, you know, mental mistakes in this game. Uh, I wanted to know, what did you see about this offense? I know you were pointing out to me last night about some of the more pre-stamp motion stuff. Uh, some of the different formations they were using. What did, what did, what were some of your takeaways from this offensive performance? It did feel like there was an uptick in, in some of the motion that they were doing. It did feel like that, you know, they kind of had seen this, a lot of the criticism in week one that w- that went down and, and, and kind of had made adjustments along those fronts. I, I thought that was all uh, very good. I also think that, you know, the, the tempo stuff when they were running it uh, seemed very effective again, which again is 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 good news because i think they should you know think about running tempo more often and especially in games where they're going to need to score a, you know a whole bunch of points um i really liked the the kind of increased use of the 3 by 1 formations and the, like the bunch stuff that they were doing especially when they were putting Schultz as kind of that lead of the triangle at, at the top on the line yes. of scrimmage yep uh, I thought it was it, it just it provided a lot of room for for uh, players to get open quickly, and I think that is uh, you know it's 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 a Rams you know uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, kind of uh, a concept where you know you, you condense to get wide to create space quickly you know. And um, I think that that provided a lot of opportunities for Dak to get some quick outs to uh, uncovered receivers who who were you know running through traffic to to find some space, uh, and so you you were able to see uh, some success with some outs like to to uh, Schultz and to uh, I think Cooper and uh, I think Lamb had one too, uh, and, and then actually and Lamb actually was able to kind of run that. Uh, 
dragon route uh where where uh that yeah, dragon yeah. concept where they they ran that bunch to the right and then he was able to run all the way across the field uh and, and kind of catch the ball for a first down so i i liked i liked a lot of the formational stuff they were doing um I know people had some issues with some of the play calling that happened at different points, but I, I, I would definitely say that overall, like just a kind of a general note, I liked what they were doing, uh, you know, kind of as far as pre-snap motion formation stuff. Uh, and, 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 you know, not more than that too. I, I, I loved the uptick of kind of spread concept in general. I mean, not just the, the, you know, three by one doesn't indicate where they're lining up. It's just kind of, I mean, it does, but not like as far as splits go, I, I think, you know, when they were split out wide, when they really kind of spread the defense out completely, uh, they ran some 10 personnel at times. They ran, uh, you know, stuff like that. They were able to get Cedric Wilson on the field, uh, you know, uh, without having to just sub him in. And obviously that really worked well <laughs> at different points. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, I think that, you know, the kind of uh, wide openness in the offense that was happening, not just in the two minute situation, that was encouraging. And I think with, with the offense versus the defense, you and I talked about this to me, the defense still needs to figure out how to play this defense for, for the offense. They just need to stop screwing up. Like, I mean, it's, they understand what they're doing. They know these, this route, they clearly are comfortable with what they're being asked to do. I just think that they're, they're struggling at times to execute, whether it's Zeke dropping it with fumbling it, whether it's Dak, you know, throwing a, an, an interception, that's obvious. And again, I thought Dak played amazing. I'm not, so you know, yeah. I'm not trying to like, you know, but at the same time, this offense has got to be the thing that provides for this team. So they have to find a way to cut out the stupid mistakes that are, you know, limiting because that's really the only thing that's limiting this offense is, is the, the stupid mistakes. They found a way to work around this offensive line. They yep. just need to find a way to until, you know, uh, uh, you get one of these two tackles back. They need to find a way to execute when a defense is keeping it all in front of them and making you do snap after snap after snap. I, I think that's when, when they can't go downfield, when defenses are limiting them downfield uh, and they're forced to kind of consistently march down the field and, and be efficient. I think they're still struggling with that. And I don't think that that has to do with, uh, you know, play calling or, or, I mean, some of it may be play calling, but I think a, most of it is, is just, uh, a, a lack of uh, good execution at moments when the Cowboys need it. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's good cop bad cop this offense for a second because okay. you know you you touched on all the negatives there. I've got some positives I want to be you know to throw out there, Landon, because you know I'm a, I'm a generally a pretty positive person. You're an optimist. So. I think everybody yeah, knows yeah. that about you. Yeah. One of the things that I didn't like about the previous coaching staff is I didn't think they did a good enough job of attacking a weak member of a secondary, right? There's There was several times during the Jason Garrett era where they would be going up a bang, against a banged-up secondary, and for whatever reason, they didn't fully take advantage of that matchup. It seems like through the first three weeks of the season, the Cowboys have done a good job of identifying the guys they want to target, uh, you know, the, the opposing defenders they want to target. So let me give you an example in this game. The Seahawks had really two guys that struggled in a big way in coverage heading into this game. It was Trey Flowers on the outside. It was KJ Wright, 
who, for whatever reason, uh, the Seahawks love to have three linebackers on the field, so K.J. Wright often gets the slot receivers. Um, let's start with Trey Flowers. Uh, the Cowboys threw at him 13 times. He gave up 135 yards, uh, 10 completions, and a touchdown. K.J. Wright <laughs> gave up nine completions for 175 yards and two touchdowns in this game. The Cowboys knew who they wanted to go after, and I think this is what makes this offense so fun is they have the ability to say, hey, this cornerback struggles. We don't have to necessarily target CeeDee Lamb a bunch of times out of the slot. Today's a Michael Gallup game. Gallup, get ready for nine targets because you're going to have a, a big mismatch there on the outside. Or if it's a linebacker, like we saw in the you know the week two game against Atlanta, where Atlanta just didn't have the horses to cover Dalton Schultz. You know, Schultz caught nine passes for 88 yards and a touchdown. I really like that about this offense, that they can't attack weak defenders. And I think as they get into the season, and I think this is a perfect example with Cleveland coming up, who, you know, they have Denzel Ward, who's probably going to play. But outside of him, you're looking at guys like Terrence Mitchell and some pretty bad corners. The Cowboys are just going to go after those bad guys and t- basically prove them, prove to them that you can stop it. And I, I don't see that happening. So um, any any last thoughts on the, the Cowboys offense before we leave here, Landon? Yeah, I, I just say that, you know, I think there's lots to be optimistic about this offense. And I think that this offense is good enough that if they can figure things out by the end of the season, and I think this is what I was talking about earlier, if they can figure things out at the beginning of the season, this offense is good enough to, you know, really start rolling into the playoffs and and make this team a contender late in the season if they can find a way to bring it all together. There is enough talent. I think the play calling is good enough that, that they're, you know, when, when they open it up, they go. They go, go, go. So I think if Dallas can find a way to kind of stabilize their defense, figure out what, what's going on, and then just, you know, stop shooting themselves in the foot, they can figure out a way to get this back on track and still become, yep. you know, pretty serious playoff contenders by the, late, by the late end of the season. Yeah, the Cowboys are averaging 30 points per game right now through the first three weeks of the season. Um, and that's without their top three offensive tackles. That's with Blake Jarwin getting injured early in the season. That's with C.D. Lamb missing a little bit of time. It's with Amari Cooper being a little bit banged up and just a ton of penalties and mental mistakes and turnovers. Uh, how many turnovers in the last you know two weeks, Landon? They had what two, two interceptions, a fumble, a safety in week three. They had how many fumbles in week two? What, four fumbles in week failed, two? Failed fourth downs. Failed punt, fourth you know, downs, punts. missed field goals, missed extra points. It's not going to take much for the Cowboys to clean up some of these offensive mistakes and yeah. legitimately average 38, 39 points a game. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.